welcome to the Pop Ninja Podcast, where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants, from Panama Jack shirts to members-only jackets, from Smurfs and Scooby-Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube, wore a Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max Headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time. Hello out there in podcast land. This is Patrick Bennett coming to you from the from deep in the swamplands of southwest Louisiana. And joining me over Zoom from her secret lair in Pennsylvania is my partner in crime, Miss Lisa Everett. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Patrick. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, I just want to let the audience know we're doing something a little different with this one. We, we don't have like a set uh, topic. We're just going to kind of uh, talk about some of our favorite things in the, the 70s and 80s, so... I was going to go ahead and start off with, uh, I want to talk about a movie that I absolutely love. So last year, in 2019, it was the 40th anniversary of one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And I'm talking about uh, Ridley Scott's Alien. Where's Earth? Seems we have intercepted a transmission of unknown origin. Human. Unknown. Can you see this? I've never seen anything like it. The alien from 1979 cool what'd you think yep. about it oh um well i i remember when it first came out it was so different from like um i i don't even know if i'd ever seen anything like it ever you know um the the special effects oh, you know yeah. were just fantastic creepy. like I, the number one thing i remember is the 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 scene where the the alien comes out of the guy's stomach right, you know, the that, that's, chest buster scene yeah. Yeah. it used to it's it scared me i mean it, it was a scary movie um i remember like the scene with the cat too and i think um the what's his name from pretty pinks in it the father he, he was the one that was with the in, in that scene with the cat Jerry dean stan yeah but it was creepy and um and and it was nothing like it and and that thing when you finally saw it and its mouth could like come out of its face and yeah, and then, so and cool like people freaky. Yeah. 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 What what made you like that movie? Everything about it. Uh, the special effects Everything. are incredible. Yeah. I, I'd never seen anything like this, like uh, as gripping and intriguing in my entire life. You know, just like everything to me, it was just perfect in this movie. The acting, the sets, the uh, 
the practical effects, you know, the, there wasn't that, the CGI stuff back then. So it was all practical effects, uh, the music, the sound effects and the alien itself. I mean, everything, it was like that once in a lifetime, perfect movie. You know, I, I don't know if you agree, but yeah. it's just timeless. I think it holds up today. Well, it's, yeah, it, it's a scary movie. I'm, I'm going to talk about a scary movie too, but like I, I remember my parents watching it and I think when it first came out, I don't think I was, it was 1979. So yeah. I would have been 11 years old. Me so too. I, I think it, <laughs> it was rated R. Your mom and dad yeah. shouldn't have been letting you watch that movie. No, I, I, saw <laughs> yeah. house I know. And I spent the night with him. He had HBO and we, uh, we, we stayed up in his den late at night watching it. I especially liked how the, the camera, it was, it was locked down on tripods. Uh, you didn't have like moving cameras and stuff. It was, they were just locked down. It was almost like you were a fly on the wall, just watching everything play out. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, there was that, um, the guy on there that was the, he was like a robot guy. Yeah. And it, that was John Hurt. The guy that played Ash was the guy that played, uh, Bilbo Baggins. His name is Ian Holm. Right. He played Bilbo Baggins in, uh, you, you, one of whichever one of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies had the old Bilbo. He was old Bilbo. Oh, is that who that is? He yeah. was the he was the um, I got was he a, is that what he was a robot? Because remember when in the scene yeah, in the movie when he, the, the, the the alien kills him and he's like ripped in half and he's like spitting up right. milk, look like milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was like gross. Yeah. yeah, I remember it gave me the creeps. It wasn't like um, it wasn't like a slasher movie. It wasn't like a horror movie like that type of horror movie. It was like like so different because it took a uh, place in space, you know. And I didn't. Yeah. I've never, you know, I've never like. I mean, there were some movies back then, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind and stuff like that, that were space movies. But this was a space like horror movie. Right. So it didn't Cross, even just. It was time. like. Yeah, because it wasn't just sci-fi. It was sci-fi horror, you know, and yeah. that was creepy because that that alien was creepy, creepy, creepy. I mean, it was just um, it's like its head and and it looks so real. And I mean, I don't know if like there was a person in there that was like dressed up like the alien and and when how they made the alien. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, costume. but it was. Yeah, there was yeah, no and it, and it got, back then, so it was a costume. The guy. Yeah. Wore. Remember the scene where like it got on that guy's face. And like yeah. they had to cut it, and then it got down in his stomach, and that's how it got inside his stomach. Yeah, that that was John Hurt, the one that it popped out of. Oh yeah, that was him. Yeah, John Hurt was in The Elephant Man and a bunch of other yeah. stuff back then too. Yeah, yeah, he was in Skeleton Key too. But um, yeah, that was gross. I mean, that was a creepy scene. That's one of those scenes that I watched with um, I think a blanket over my head, <laughs> in front of my face. I couldn't watch the. That, that coming up out of his stomach because I and I remember the the music it wasn't like kind of like almost like a heartbeat or something like yeah. um, it, it had this this weird like and it, I mean even if you closed your eyes you could still know like how creepy that was you know yeah I yeah. took my uh, last year I took my daughter that they brought it back to the theaters for a 40th anniversary screening and I took my daughter to see it and, and she you know she doesn't like sci-fi stuff but she thought it was pretty cool but what about the sequels do you like any of the sequels yeah, I like but, but just uh, Alien, Alien, the first one is the best. That's my favorite. I mean, the second one had a lot more going on, you know, a lot more action. They, they had the Marines and there was more comedy and stuff in it. But I liked it. But the first one is the one that uh, that I stand by, you know. 
Yeah, that's the one that I remember my parents were watching when my brother left me outside, you know, at night because they were in there watching Alien. And I just, I, I remember like back then if a scary movie was on TV, like I'd be afraid to, um, I'd be afraid to walk through the room to go up to my bedroom for fear I'd see a piece of something I wasn't supposed to see. You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I remember, um, uh, I remember like when The Shining came out, that's what I, like the, when like, previews for movies would come on, like the trailer for movies back then, they were, the trailers were scary. They were scary, like, you know, and, and they didn't give away the whole movie, you know, like how right. they do now. It's like, and I remember the trailer for The Shining, that when I'd see that um, scene with the kid running around um, in the maze, I mean, I couldn't, we didn't have a remote control. We had a knob, you know, so you'd have to change the channel. You'd have to turn the knob on the TV. So like, I would have to put my fingers in my ear and run out of the room when I, when the, um, when the uh, trailer for the shining come on and alien like reminded me of that because I, I, it, it was so creepy that I thought whatever was in the movie was going to like jump out of this uh, TV and come get me. <laughs> you know, So that's how, you know, you That's reminded me of something, a, a trailer. I don't remember what it was for, but it was either in the 70s or early 80s. There, there was like uh, some creatures that lived under the floor and uh, yeah. they could reach up through the floor and grab people by the legs and stuff. I can't remember the name uh, of it. You, you know anything about a, it? Uh, was it the people under the stairs? I don't know. It was like creatures, uh, but they, they would creature. stick. It wasn't like critters or. No, no, um, it was before yeah. all that. Tremors. Um, yeah, um, but I remember I was no, so scared I, I wouldn't want to get off my bed. I thought something would get me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what—that's where my my movie kind of comes into play with with all of that stuff too. Because you can, you picked a horror movie. I picked, kind of picked a. I picked definitely picked a horror movie. What um, you got? Do you want? What's your movie? My, my movie. You probably it was. He knows you're alone. On the night before her wedding, every girl is alone. Joyce. Nancy, Amy, Tricia, Joan, Debbie. On the night before her wedding, every girl is frightened. And this time, there's good reason. He knows you're alone. I know who the next girl is. Never mind how. I just know who it is. On the night before the wedding, he knows you're alone. And it's going to be for the very last time. It's from 1980, which is only a year after Alien. So I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was, um, it played on HBO all the time. And it had um, Caitlin O'Heaney's in it and Don uh, Scardino. Um, it's my I used to hate that movie. Like, I, I mean, I, I liked it because it was scary, but 
I, it scared me so bad that like I was terrified of the movie, but I would force myself into watch it. And then sometimes I'd watch it by myself. And then I can remember like watching it on HBO and I'd, I'd be afraid to go up to my room like after it was on, um, at, you know, for fear, like what, whoever was in the movie was going to come get me too. And, and I would like say to my dad, let me just watch like some Superman two or something, you know, like, and get this out of my head because the creepy movie, you know, I didn't want to go up to bed right after I was done watching a scary movie, yeah. you know, but this movie to me, um, the beginning scene in the movie, um, it reminds me of the, the movie theater that I grew up in Punxsy with the Jefferson theater, because it was this old movie theater. They had this real creepy basement in it. And the first scene in he knows you're alone is, um, the scene in this basement where the girl goes down to use the bathroom and somebody, she knows somebody's in there with her, with her, but, and she, so she just gets the creeps and she um, goes back up and her friend's sitting there watching um, a horror movie on TV. So it's like, it's a movie within a movie they're watching a horror movie and it is a horror movie. And um, she sits down and she tells her friend that she thinks someone's following her. And this guy sits in the seat behind her and in the scene in the movie where somebody's getting killed in the movie he shoves a knife through the um through the seat and kills the girl that was down the basement you know and her friend doesn't realize she's dead like she just thinks she's um scared and she's hiding like her head you know from the scene in the movie but then she feels her she shakes her and she feels that she's got blood on her and she starts screaming and that's the opening of that movie but then it starts where he it's he's a he he gets left at the altar um his his uh like bride to be like meet someone else and she dumps him for someone so he it's like a revenge like killing thing and so he, it starts out with he he goes after a new bride and i, I just i just love it because i like i i like certain movies because of the whole like you like this the um the sets and all that stuff. I like the towns that they're filmed in, you know, like I like the, the this little town that this movie's filmed in. Um, it, I like the, the main house that's in it. Um, it reminds me of like the house I live in now. Cause it's like an older house. Um, and I just, it's kind of quirky because it's got like this weird, like almost Charlie Brown music, like where she's like walking along, like in the fall, like kicking leaves and she's walking along and it's not, but somebody's like watching her. So it's kind of like, you know, it's creepy, but it's also like, how can anything bad happen in the middle of the day, you know, but yeah, yeah. but there's this, there's a, the, a Paul Gleason is in it too. And um, he's the principal from the breakfast club. He's, he's a police officer in it and it's Tom Hanks, first movie that he ever did. So I don't know really? if you knew any of that. Yeah. He's yeah, like a jogger. Yeah. And the girl, the one girl that's in it, her name's Elizabeth Kemp. Uh, she's an actress in this movie. And um, she became like a, um, a uh, acting coach in real life and uh, Bradley Cooper actually dedicated uh, uh, the new star is born to her because she, oh. she died of cancer just a couple of years ago. Yeah. But there's a song in this movie and I'm going to send it to you. Like, you know um, it, I never heard it except in this scene in this movie. And I love the song. It's, it's called um, it's the night again by um, Vinnie can Canali. And, and I love it. It's the night again, we're all right again, all the soft sweet dreams are coming true, it's the night again, we're all right again, time is all we need, just me and you.
and I, I only ever heard it in this in this one scene, but the one girl gets her head cut off in that scene. So it's pretty gross, but, but it was one of those movies that just, it creeped me out and that, and I, and the, and the killer in it, um, he, you know, I always thought like he was going to be upstairs hiding under my bed or in my closet too, you know? And it's like, um, like, so like I'd go up and I'd have to do this whole thing and look under the bed and look in the closet. And one time my brother was under my bed and I, I, I knew he, I heard him giggling cause he, I was in my room, you know, who knows uh, doing what. And, um, and he was under the bed and I heard him laughing. And I think I, 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 he's lucky he's still alive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after that. And then my dad, um, well, one night I went up there and I heard the squeaking sound like coming from my closet. And I thought like I was up there like with twirling my baton around or something. And, and I'm thinking I'm going to use that to go, investigate what's ever going on in the closet and it turned out that my dad was in there and I had like a keyboard in there and he was pressing the keys on the keyboard and making it squeak and he jumped out and scared me so bad it's like it's no wonder like I was like I watched these horror movies then they would scare me and then it's a wonder I slept at all during the 70s and 80s because I mean I was I had to have a nightlight in my room. I had to have the door cracked open. I had to look under, I had to pile all my stuffed animals along the side of the bed. So nothing reached up and grabbed me. And, you know, I always had, I think, I think Poltergeist did that to me with like that, yep. that clown under the bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. I th- yeah. I hated that. But yeah. um, what was that uh, movie trailer? What was the movie? And I guess it was the seventies. The, the trailer would say uh, it, the phone would be ringing and it says, if you're, if you're home alone, don't answer the phone. You, you know it that wasn't, it's not um, when a stranger calls, is it? It, it might have been. It, it kept saying that when he's in the, over he's in the house. The phone. Somebody was in the house. Yeah. Yeah. When a stranger calls, because they just I we were only. And, we and don't they like trace the that. call? They call the police. Yeah. Yeah. It's Carol Kane. Yeah. Coming from in, yeah. inside the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's Carol. Yeah. Carol Kane's in it, and then she did another sequel, um, When a Stranger Calls Back, and Jill Schlowen's in it. And I and I really like Jill. I know, I've met Jill in real life. I really like her. Um, and they just remade that movie just a few years ago. I was thinking of wa- making my mom watch the remake of it last night because she's never seen it. But and we were wa- outside um, watching movies on our our outdoor projector that we got. Um, but um, yeah, we we ended up watching something completely different. But it's fun watching scary movies outside. But that. One that the original, when a stranger calls, it was, um, I think it was just supposed to be like a, a, a small, like a, not a full movie. Um, just the opening beginning part where she's babysitting and she keeps, and then he's, he's calling from inside the house and they trace the call. And, you know, back then that's, you know, they didn't have caller ID, you know, it's like they didn't have, yeah. you know, ways to trace it like that. They had, you know, and then they, you had to keep the person on the phone, you know, for a long time, you know. I remember my mom actually had had a um, a stalker like that back back in the in the seventies or or eighties, and we never found out who that was. He kept calling our house, and so people could get away with like stuff like that back then, and you couldn't catch them, you know. But I remember this one this this there was a real there was this was real like in my my family that um, this man was calling my mom and um, my dad he he said he was coming over he was watching our house in real life, there was somebody watching our house and he knew when my dad went to work and he knew when my mom was there by herself. And so that movie like gives me the creeps. Cause I, cause stuff like that, that's, that can happen. You know, it's like, that's what's creepy. It's not like, um, you know, I mean, 
I guess an alien could happen, but you know, it's like, but no, what you know, people do like real life stuff, you know, it's, it's, you know, but anyway, that, that I think, it's uh, the time the of year. Scream, the movie Scream kind of paid homage to that, that old movie there at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. It did. Well, it did. It pay. It was, um, it was like a combination. Scream was like a combination of all scary movies. Yeah. Like that's what it was about. They took all the, the killers and all the, um, ways people, you know, you know, like got killed and stuff and put the, it all like in a blender. And, and that's what you got with scream. And, and, um, this, he, he knows you're alone. It used to, it was, it's from 1980. And, and I think, um, the other movie that it played all the time with it was silent scream. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Cause you're going to have to, I don't know if you even like um, horror movies, but if you haven't seen it, you should watch this one. I watch it every year, this time of year, because it's a good, it's a, it takes place in the fall, you know? And it's like, there's a um, amusement park in it. And it reminds me of this little amusement park, not far from where I live. And it, it has this um, like a fun house in it. And she goes in it with her little sister and she sees the, the guy like in the fun house, like when the lights like flash and stuff, he's in there. And she thinks she's just like, she thinks she's like nervous about getting married and that her like mind is, is playing tricks on it. And, you know, she thinks she's like kind of going crazy. It's kind of almost like Halloween where like Jamie Lee Curtis, like thinks, you know, the, the guy is like following her, but, um, and she, she's seeing things and stuff, but, and everybody tells her, oh, you're just, you know, you're just nervous. You're just crazy. You know, it's like, but I mean, it's really happening. So, yeah. So I, 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 I love it. Um, I watch it every, every fall, um, I, I don't know if you do this or not. I, I'm I'm like I like watching movies that take place in a certain like time period. Like if it's summer, I like watching summer movies. If it's like fall, I like watching scary movies. At Christmas, sure. I watch Christmas movies. Oh yeah. I don't know if you do that. Okay, yeah, because it's like I, the whole month of October, I watch um, horror movies like every night, sometimes two. <laughs> so, but that's my that's my that's probably one of my favorites. Like my, you know, I even have taken it with like the DVD with me, like when we've gone on vacation and it's like fall, I I'll take that movie with me and watch it like on a DVD. Like if we're, if we're someplace, cause I, I, I like it. I, I used to be scared of it. And now, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. There's something like, it's something about the characters in it and, and the town that just reminds me of how I grew up. So, yeah. So, um, are we done with the, we're done talking about a movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You want to talk about TV? Okay. Yeah. About a uh, TV series I liked in 1983. It was called auto man. You ever heard of it? Nope. I don't know anything about this. So I'm curious. Is there okay. well, uh, shows that came out at the dawn of the digital effects age? This, this is when digital and computer stuff, you know, was beginning to take off. So uh, they, they kind of tried to capitalize on all the kind of remind me of like Tron, the, the, the way stuff looked, how stuff glowed and stuff, you know, it was all computer. Yeah. Who was okay. in it? Well, it was a guy named Chuck Wagner. I didn't know him from anything else. He might've been in other stuff, but uh, the, also the title character was Chuck Wagner. He played auto man. 
but the guy that played his cop partner was uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. That was Ricky and Lucy's uh, son. Oh. So, but De- Desi was a cop, and uh, he made this digital cop called Auto Man, and he, he kind of made it kind of like uh, Gary and Wyatt did on uh, Weird Science, how they made the woman. He, uh, he fed all this stuff into a computer, all this information he wanted, like uh, a picture of dirty hair, a picture of James Bond. You know, he combined yeah. all these cool elements and it created a holographic cop and they called him uh, Auto Man. And uh, Auto Man could generate a computerized, like a digital car and they could ride around in it. It kind yeah. of looked like a DeLorean, but it, it was glowing like blue. It, it, it was all digital looking, you know, all this. Yeah, uh, I've had to have seen some of it. Yeah, it, it was kind of like uh, yeah. T.J. Hooker meets Tron. But uh, yeah. it, was, it was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I just I looked it up. I saw I see the guy that played him. I never saw him before in anything either. He, he was kind of he was kind of cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, did, it didn't last yeah. very long. I don't even think it made it a full season, but uh, it should have uh, 13 episodes. Yeah, it was yeah. probably really expensive to make looking at it, looking back at it for the time. It probably yeah. cost a lot per episode, you know, but, uh, but I liked it. I thought it was, uh, yeah. thought it was really cool, but, uh, you know, that, um, is Manimal. It, it was the most expensive, uh, that, TV show. I of its imagine, time. Yeah. That, they, they only made eight episodes of it. Yeah. I like that yeah, because it was so expensive and then they put it up against Dallas and Dallas blew it out of the water. But, um, it was like, yeah, because of the special effects were kind of like a combo of like cat people and, um, American Werewolf in London, you know, yeah, it's like did a good uh, job. And, and thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Auto man. I think I, I think it's coming back to me. I think I, I do remember some of that. I do. I do. I don't remember him from anything um, else yeah. that Chuck Wagner. Yeah. And, and I don't know Desi Arnaz being in anything else either. Desi Arnaz jr. I don't, I don't remember him in anything either, but. Only yeah. thing I remember him in, it seems like, uh, his mom did a show like later on, I think it was just called the Lucy show or something like that where she was older yeah. and she had her kids in it with her. Oh, um, it shows Laura Brannigan did a uh, cameo in auto man. Oh, cool. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, is, do you have it? I mean, is it on, is it on DVD? DVD. I, I don't have it, but I need to get it. I used to have like some bootleg copies. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, my, my TV, you said a series, and I don't. I picked a different series to talk about, but it's not really a series. It's just a, it's a variety show, so I don't know if I am in the same was on the same wavelength or not <laughs> with that. I should have picked uh, Auto Man. I should have picked something else, like um, you know, like like Manimal or something like that. It would have been it would have been closer than because I picked Donnie and Marie, you know, and as my is my um, show to talk about. So sure. those variety um, shows were awesome. Yeah. Back then. With tonight's guests, Ruth Buzzy, Sherman Hemsley, Lassie, and Johnny Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, Donnie and Marie. Yeah, did you watch it? I did. I watched all those shows, uh, like like uh, Sonny and Cher and uh, the Mandrell yeah. Sisters, all those kind of shows. 
Yeah, I do too. I love, I like them all. They don't do anything like that. Now the only thing close to that is like dancing with the stars and they don't even do, it's not like they don't do comedy, you know, like they're like, they had all these skits and, and with me with like Donnie Marie, I used to love Donnie Osmond playing Captain Purple. I don't know if you remember that or not. He was Captain Sounds Purple funny. and she was one, she was wonderful or what was she? Wonderful woman. And now the adventures of Captain Purple. Faster than the speed of sound. Hello there. More powerful than his younger sister. Able to dress like that and not get arrested. It's Captain Purple. Strange visitor from Utah. Who, disguised as mild-mannered Donny Osmond, fights a never-ending battle against tyranny, injustice, and above all, people laughing at him. I thought you would. I thought you'd kind of like that because you you like you know you're into the superhero stuff. So, but Captain Purple was like, um, was he was like real goofy and wore a purple outfit, and um, I'm not even sure. It's because Donnie Osmond wore purple all the time. You know, he was always like, um, he had purple socks. And I just, I love the color purple. I painted my childhood bedroom walls, uh, the color purple. And I had uh, like white furniture and a white canopy bed. And I had uh, light purple walls. And I, I wore purple socks and I wore purple underwear. And me and my best friend, Lorena, we used to pretend we were Captain Purple. And we used to fight over it, you know, that we, and even, I even found a, a, a letter from her that she wrote to me, like when we were growing up and she said, and it said, I, I'm still the real Captain Purple. Huh. And, um, uh, and we just like, we still talked, we still talk about it. Like, you know, who's the real Captain Purple, but um, I, my brother's initials were CP. So I said, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I take, uh, I take that as a sign, <laughs> you know, so, you know, but um, they used to do all these Christmas specials back then too. And I, I loved it. And I, there's a song that they sang at the end of um, every show. Hey, tomorrow. I just loved it and and they were all you know like clean cut and wholesome and oh yeah and you know they had their brothers on they ice skated you know it was just like I'm uh, I think um I think Milton Burrell was on all the time as a guest on there but it was just like it was nice family you know stuff to, to it was like almost like the reminded me like on the line of Laura's Welk show <laughs> you know it's like you know and and it's just sweet. So, and then they had, they even had like their own dolls and stuff too, like the Donnie Marie doll. And, and they had a lot of like, you know, marketing merchandising stuff going on back then too. They were, they were big. I mean, Donnie Osmond was like in all the, you know, teen magazines and yeah. I mean, they were young. I think, I think Marie was like 20 years old when, when they did that show. Yeah. So, yeah, but I loved it, you know, so, so that's my, my TV series for, for this episode. So we're going to move on to music. Okay. Yeah. Unless you want, you want to add to Donnie Marie. Well, I just want to say, uh, 
do they age at all? <laughs> I know um, they're, they're still on TV and stuff. Marie doesn't. Yeah, they're in their 50s, I think. Yeah, I, I saw him probably not, not last year, but the year before. He was hosting a Hollywood uh, Christmas parade. I watched him on. Like, yeah, he he was on Dancing with the Stars. He won the season yeah. he was on. And then um, I've seen them on – and she um, – well, I've seen her on them doing interviews, you know, with, you know, like currently, you know, and she's on, you know, all the, you know, the weight loss stuff, you know, yeah. I mean, she's still on TV. She still looks, you know, fantastic. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, and they still tour together. They still perform. I think they, I think they performed a lot in Vegas Cool. together. Um, I would have loved it. They're, they're one that if they would come near me, I would go see, see them in, in concert. I have one of their, I have, um, the song, um, ain't nothing like the real thing by them in my jukebox. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's like I play it all the time. Yeah. They used to sing, um, duets all the time that you would think that would be a little odd with them being brother or sister, you know, cause they were always like love songs, you know, but it, it didn't seem it seemed fine. You know what I mean? Like back then, you know, it's like everything was just really innocent and sweet and, yeah. you know, they're, they were cute, you know? And, and I liked how they picked on each other, you know, they were like typical brother, sister, you know? And yeah. And the, in the end, it's always, they're always like laughing and it just seemed like they were having like fun, you know, like when you'd see them doing their show, it would be like, like they, they would pick on each other. It didn't seem like it was written. You know, it's like right. that. That's just what they were thinking in the moment. So I like that. Uh, did Did you like Rick Springfield? Did I like him? Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking sure about did. his music. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I liked his music. <laughs> yeah, he. I liked everything about him. Yeah, he. Yeah. He. He's from Australia. Yeah, he was. Well, he was coming out like with Je- Jesse's girl was like the first song that I think of when I think of him like coming out as like yeah. a. Jesse is a friend Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine But lately something's changed It ain't hard to define Jesse's got himself a girl And I want to make her mine And she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving with that body I just know it And he's holding her I think I was in the seventh grade when that came out. And then I used to love the flip side of Jesse's girl. It was called carry me away. I don't know if you remember that. Like, I, I used to play the, probably remember the song girl, a lot more, a lot uh, uh, or just as much as Jesse's girl. Cause I, I, I back then, like um, when somebody had a, a, a record album, you know, they had multiple hits on, on one. It wasn't just like one song. Like, there, like now, I don't even like any music that's out now. And even if I found one song, they, that's it. It might, and I, it's not a song that I would play over and over and over again. I just remember me and my one friend actually like made up a dance to the flip side um, of Jesse's Girl that carried me away. We made a, a dance up to it. We used to do, we used to play records all the time and and make up dances, you know. And I, it was just like that's what we did, like on a on a in the summer, you know. It's like. I don't know why, but it's like, it was fun. It was like, I thought we, I guess we thought we were solid gold dancers or something, but you know, it was fun. But um, yeah, I, he was on, um, he was on general hospital too. 
Yeah. At night, watch him. He was no Drake. Yeah, yeah. loved him on that. And I then remember he, cruising he, around, listening to his cassettes and stuff. I, I like, like you said, Jesse's Girl, uh, Human Touch. That was another one I like. Hard to hold. He had a lot of good yeah. songs. A lot of them. Oh, I, then he did the Hard to Hold movie. Right. Um, but he did, yeah. Don't talk to strangers. You know, yeah. he he did a lot of other songs that I lo- I love too. Um, what kind of fool am I? Uh, you know, I, he he did. Oh, I I, uh, I I yeah. He had t- song after song back in the eighties. But he also. I don't know if you. I don't know if I ever asked you this or not. Do you remember a um, a TV show that he was on? It was called Nick Knight. Oh yeah, with the vampire thing. Yeah. Yeah, I used to like. And that. I don't know how it wasn't on. He was a vampire. Rick Springfield right. was. Yeah. I, I he drove that. around. He had like a coffin. I think it was in his car or something. Yeah. You know, it's well, like I have it. Yeah, he was the. Uh, he was the star on the pilot movie. And then when they, the series came out, it was a different actor. Oh, okay. Then I have the pilot. On, yeah. He, he uh, was in the, DVD. right. He was in the made for TV movie. And then I think the next year they turned it into a series, but I would have rather yeah. him played the series. That, that's something I want to talk about was besides his music. I loved him as an actor. I thought he was very yeah. good. And I mean, he, um, you talked about general hospital. I wasn't really a soap guy, yeah. but, but, uh, I watched it like on the, um, Battlestar Galactica in 1979. He was on the, yeah. uh, the three hour pilot film. He played, uh, Zach Adama. He was commander Adama's youngest son. And, you know, he didn't last long. He gets killed, but, but I wish he would have made it through the whole series. I really liked him, but, uh, yeah. but that, that Nick Knight was very good. In fact, I'm have to go mm-hmm. buy a copy of it. Now I forgot about it. But uh, I, I really oh. liked it. I really liked that show. Yeah. But I liked well, how he, um, he would he would sleep in the trunk of his car instead of a, a coffin. Yeah. He had like a yeah, classic, a, yeah. classic. Uh, was like it an red? old Cadillac or something. Yeah, like an old Cadillac. I thought, it was, like, I thought it was light blue. I thought it, it was like been. a powder blue Cadillac. It might have been. I just yeah. remember an old classic car, and he would sleep in the trunk. When, when the daylight was coming, he would jump in his trunk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was really cool. And, and, he had a, and he ate like raw hamburger. Yeah. 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 I remember that. He had a really cool apartment and he could like, like fly, like kind of like there's a, I, I'm not sure. Um, is John Saxon and is he in that? Um, is he could've, in Nick Knight? Could have been. I don't, I don't remember that much. I'm not sure. Much. I have to look him up. But um, yeah, he, he, but like there was a ton of, I, I was like thinking of some of the other songs he did too, because I saw him in concert, like maybe 10 years ago, we saw him, it was like in, in the winter time, like in February. And um, we pulled into some place and there was a limo there and, and people yelled, is Rick Springfield in there? I remember that. And we're like, mm, and we, I said, I was, he's not in there. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, um, but he was actually pretty good still in concert. We were in a place and it was a really small uh, like it was at Penn's Peak and Jim Thorpe, and um, he was like right there. And he he would people were handing him like roses, and he was taking them. And like I don't I don't, I think this is a thing that he does, and maybe that's why people take them and hand them to him. But he like shreds the roses almost like a salad shooter with his guitar. Like he starts whirling them around in a circle and banging them off the guitar, and then they start flying and flying all through the air. And, it's, and I kept thinking it was like a, a salad shooter, you know? It's like, but. Um, he was still really good in, in concert. I, um, oh, Human Touch is another song that I love yeah. by him. And Celebrate Youth, Affair of the Heart, um, I've Done Everything for You. Um, I, I, yeah, Souls, I love the, oh, and oh, Don't Walk Away. That's that's one of my my favorite songs that he, he did. There's a lot of songs that he did that I don't think, um, you know, got as much 
um, like like State of the Heart. I, I love that song. Yeah, Bob T. Drop. Yeah, he had a lot Bob of them. He, had lots yeah, of he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really yeah. I really liked him. Uh, I yeah. think he was underrated as an actor, though. Uh, like we're talking about you know Nick at Night and uh, Galactica General Hospital, but I remember it might have even been in the nineties. But I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it here. Uh, Human Target. Did you ever watch that series? No. Okay, this is a DC Comics character, and he starred as that character. He played the human target, and um, I don't think it lasted a full season, but it was so incredible. I love this show, and he did such a great job with it. Uh, what what he was was like, uh, say you were targeted to be killed by an assassin or something. He would take yeah. place. He would put on like prosthetic makeup and you know disguises, make himself look like you. And he would take your place to where the assassin goes after him and then he would fight him. But he, he had like all these gadgets and a team with them. And I mean, it was really cool. It'd be like, like say like a, a king of a third world country or something was going to be killed. They would yeah. call, they would call in this guy in uh, Rick Springfield and his team. And they would put the prince or the king or whatever in a secure hideout. And then Rick Springfield would take his place. And go about the what, normal what, business. Was as, again? Uh, huh? Oh, the, what human, was the name of that show? The Human Target. Human, human Target. Yeah, because they yeah. had the song Human Touch. Yeah, must have been a thing. Yeah, y'all look it up. There. Maybe on YouTube or something. Check it out. Uh, now I, well, I know it's that it's not. Is it from the eighties or is it newer? Well, that one was from the nineties, but they re they rebooted it without him, like a new actor playing it in like the two thousands, maybe. Yeah. Human Target. That lasted maybe two yeah, seasons, I, but his I want to say was from the nineties. Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, and his had more of the comic book flair to it because he had all he had this big jumbo jet he flew around in like a secret jet. It was black. Yeah, and he had all these computers yeah, it, and stuff. It was only it was only one season. It had seven episodes. Yeah, sadly. But yeah. Uh, but I thought he nailed it as an actor though. I, I love Rick Springfield. Yeah, it come. It came out in 1992. That's the, I, I, I probably wasn't paying. I was probably working three jobs yeah. <laughs> around then. So it's like, I must've missed a lot of stuff on TV after 1989. It went all downhill for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but um, yeah, he, in like the human touch video, it's almost like those videos back then too, um, were almost like mini movies, sure. you know, like he was like, um, it was almost like a futuristic kind of an, of uh like costume or something he had on in that video right. yeah. you know it's like you know they were like that's how why when videos were cool like i can i love watching him in videos because i i liked when he would be he would he was on solid gold a lot too and uh and he and he might have maybe he was he, he, he was on friday night videos you know videos and stuff and um he was a real i like watching him perform he was really good you know but yeah. um uh, yeah. Let me give you uh, one more piece of trivia about Mr. Rick Springfield. He yeah. is a huge Star Wars fan, and he has this huge collection of uh, Star Wars action figures. You ought to, like, Google on, uh, I guess, on YouTube, try to find, like, uh, Rick Springfield Star Wars action figure collection or something. I mean, he's got yeah. so many of the original figures still still on the card. And then he's got some of the rare ones, like the hardest to find. He collects them. I thought that was pretty cool. But he's a huge fan of Star yeah. Wars. 
Yeah, I, I've, I, I, there's some dark stuff about Rick Springfield, though, too. I don't know if you know that or not. Like, he's, um, he, he attempted suicide when he was 17 yeah. years old. That's pretty sad, yeah. And then he, yeah, and then he also was in a relationship with Linda Blair when she was only 15, and he was 25. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's also been up on domestic abuse charges, too. But, I mean, and that's sad because, like, um, you know, it's like you know, I, I, you know, he seemed he always seemed he always seemed so nice. You know, on on General Hospital, he was with I remember he was with Bobby Spencer. That was his girlfriend um, on uh, General Hospital. He was so cute. Um, me and my aunt Sharon would tune in just to see him. You know, and he was he was kind of older as a singer when he kind of got um, really started into like um, like he was in his like mid thirties, I think, when he was. Uh, you know, doing Jesse's girl and, and, you know, do, you know, it's, it's, you know, he wasn't like he was in his early twenties or anything. He was like mid thirties to, you know, going into 40, you know, when he really was popular. So, I mean, that seems kind of different because like they weren't, he wasn't like a teeny uh, bopper type, you know, heartthrob, like, you know, like Donnie Osmond and, and Sean Cassidy. And those, those guys were like, in their young, they, they were younger, right. like in their twenties, yeah. you know? So, Yeah. And that's what I think of when I think of like that, that age group of, you know, guys on the team beat magazines and stuff. But um, yeah, he, I, I picked um, Brian Adams for, for my, uh, for my musician to talk about. And he's kind of, he's kind of like right there with, he was a you know, solo uh, performer. Like they didn't have bands, you know, like yeah. um, in the eighties, you know, there was tons of bands and, um, you know, and then there was also, you know, solo, solo singers and there was, you know, male solo singers and female solo singers, but, and lots of different bands and lots of di- different types of music. So, but they all had, um, like tons of hit songs. Like I'm not just like, they weren't like one hit wonders. They put out song after song after song. And then I just don't understand how that all happened then. And now it's like nobody can make music anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you, they don't, you don't hear them putting out a new song. It's like, why, why isn't that music still like relevant, you know, now? Like what, I mean, the music that they did then, I still listen to all the time. I have, I have lots of Rick Springfield yeah. songs in my box and, and, and same thing like with uh, Brian Adams. I mean, he, he come out like in the eighties with, um, with, you know, songs like, you know, straight from the heart, you know, cuts like a knife, heaven, um, thought I died and gone to heaven. I guess he has, he had a lot of heaven going on, <laughs> you know, it's like in uh, summer 69. I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and done, played it till my fingers bled, was a summer of 69. Uh, those are like songs that were so 80s to me you know oh, yeah. he had a good voice yeah, he's from it, it kind of had that uh compression to it you know his voice the gravel gravel yeah yeah kinda. i liked it yeah i used to get him and uh cory hart mixed up for some reason but i don't anymore but oh. <laughs> i used to yeah yeah brian adams had more 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 songs than cory hart cory hart was um i wear my sunglasses at night right right yeah yeah now, um, I remember that when after the 80s uh brian adams what, what was that was that for uh 
Three Musketeers that Disney did. He did a, a music video and the song for the movie. And I think he was with, was it Sting? And who was the other person? It was Brian Adams, Sting, and I don't know, but weren't they in uh, one other? Weren't I they think, in uh, We Are the World too? Yeah. But what wasn't? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the song I'm talking about. Them. I think it was uh, All for One and One for All or something like that. Oh, that was the that was Robin Hood. That no, no, thieves. no, no, no. This this was the Three no? Musketeers. He he also did a Robin Hood song, but for the Three Musketeers. Oh. There, That's what it, I thought you were talking about. Was it Rod them. Stewart? Rod Stewart? Oh. Sting? Uh, and Brian okay. Adams. Anyway, I have to look that up. Uh-huh. Sorry, go uh, ahead. Brian Adams, Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was Rod Stewart. All for love. Okay. When it's love you From the Three Musketeers original uh, soundtrack. Yep, you're right. Uh, but it come and it come out oh, in 1993. Okay. Yeah, so I, had was, that, um, I had that cuts, cuts like a knife album. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That every I think every song on that I liked. Every yeah, song on that. Pretty good. Um, that was a good one. I there. I just found a record of his um, that was from the movie uh, Class. I found it on a promo record, a 45 record, and got it for in my um, jukebox. I, it's called Hiding from Love. And Lisa Hartman actually sang it. It's the only copy I could see on, um, well, actually you can find it on YouTube now. Um, but I looked for years on there and I could never find it. And then, um, I don't know, like somehow randomly I come across it on eBay or something and I found it and got it for like three bucks. Um, but and now I have that one in my jukebox, but it's a song that, you know, it was in, it, it, it's, it's another thing. Like I, you know, there were a lot of movies back in the eighties that had, these great soundtracks, you know, and they might not have even been like big movies, like class with Pablo and Andrew McCarthy. I love that movie. And that song is from a scene in that movie that he, that Brian Adams did. And I, I love it. And then, um, and then he did other, some other songs that I had forgot all about until I saw him in concert, which I saw him, I don't know, five or six years ago. It was in Wilkes-Barre um, at the Kirby theater. I saw, he was just, it was called, I think it was called the bare bones uh, concert. Um, it was just him. And I'm not, I'm not sure if he was acapella or if he was just, uh, had a guitar. I know there was a p- one piano player guy there and then him singing. And he sang the one song that he sang that I love. It's called lonely nights. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I love that song, but that's what, um, 
that was he, I wanted to go see um, Brian Adams in concert in the eighties, like with my cousin, and my parents wouldn't let me go. So I was so happy that he, that some of these people are still touring. You know, like Rick Springfield yeah. tours and Brian Adams tours, and um, it's like they're. I mean, Rick Springfield's in his, his late. They're in their both of them are in their sixties. You know, so it just it, it's nice to know that they're still rocking. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like and and yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, they're still doing stuff, and I think I know Brian Adams is from Canada, and I think he owns a, um, I think he owns some sort of uh, sports team. Um, he's he's one of the richest Canadians. He's got, huh. you know, Buku De Niro, you know. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I like them both. But and I'm, I'm, you know, this is kind of fun. Like we can talk in depth about these people because when we just talk about music, we just are talking in general, but there's specific people that I love like that. Just, you know, their stuff, you know, so this is pretty cool. So, but, um, do you want to go on, move on to the, to the next thing? Sure. Let's talk about a Rubik's cube. Did you ever have one? I sure did. Could you saw everybody it? had one. We took, Yes, I did. I, I learned. I know. I, yes, I could. Yes, I did. I there was a, there was a, um, I don't know if I could still do it. I can, I can get, I can get like any side instantly, you know, it's yeah, like, but I, I can get like the top, the top. No, I, I could do the whole thing. There was a, there's a pattern to it. Yeah. And I used to know it. I used to, cause, cause after a while I, we, 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 there was a pattern and it's actually really super easy. You could actually do it behind your back. Once you get to a certain, um, part on the Rubik's cube. Like there's a, there's a certain, um, like I can always, I can still to this day, I have one and I can get like all of it, like the, um, like the, like say one solid color and then two rows and then get it down to where I got almost the whole thing. And then I goof it up. But if I, you could, I'm sure you could look up the pattern because I'm sure it's out there on the internet now. But back then, back then, little, like a little small book it showed you uh, how yeah. to solve oh, it no. but i still never could do yeah. it it's too much to read but it's easy it, it's yeah. a, it's actually easy i think I was it's one of those guys that uh when i buy something maybe i don't read directions yeah. i just try to assemble it on my own so i, I hate reading uh yeah i uh, i'm married to somebody like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i bought it's the like book but I, I gave it up yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah because i read directions i can't i I like uh, my husband will be like I'm trying to do something and he'll have a whole bag of parts left over and say they're extras. Yeah, I'm like no, they're not extras. They're, they they belong spare, in there somewhere. Parts. No, you know no. I get you with the Rubik's cube though. People used to peel the stickers off. And, uh, and, yeah, I do and, that. Uh, with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Or they I remember we could pop them apart, pop right. the Rubik's cube apart, yeah. and pull pull all the the uh, things off, and then put it back together. Then it was never really right after that though, because it kind of was all loose uh, loosened and stuff. everything up, and then <laughs> and yeah, and it all fell apart. Yeah. It's like hey, I solved it, I did it, you know. But we used to have, we were allowed to take them with us to school, you yeah, know, and that's what my my thing because you because you picked the Rubik's cube, I picked um to talk about um Uno and um. Uh, the Mad Magazine card game because we were allowed to take that stuff with us and and play with it at lunch, you know. And I remember like it was like the Rubik's cube. I'd say I was in seventh grade. Um, I remember everybody had one. I took I took mine with me to school in my purse, you know. It's like and then people would pass them around and 
I mean, everybody was, it was a, like an addictive thing, you know? Yeah. And then we played, um, we played Uno. Everybody had a deck of Uno cards and, and there was usually like, you know, four of us and we had um, partners and we'd play it at lunch after we ate lunch and we had time to kill, you know, and we, and I loved the Mad Magazine card game better than Uno. It was, um, it was just like Uno. It was the same thing. Only um, it had like these, uh, I don't know if you ever had, had it or not, but it was like, you know, the Alfred E. Newman from like the, you know, Mad Magazine. um, The bigger guy. (laughs) Yeah, from the the actual magazine. Yeah. Um, Yeah, with a freckled face. Yeah, he, yeah, it was, and I don't know why they quit making it because, I mean, I think I found it on eBay. I have it. I have that game. We still play it. Um, But I remember like the cards were different. Like they had um, these wild and woolly cards. And and there was one, there was one like color, I think it was the color red. Like every, like you had, um, they were like from one to six, like um, points, you know, and you have to put a, a, like a, like, it's just like Uno, you know, like you put a six, five down and then somebody else can put a five down, but it has to be either the same. It has to be, you can either play by color or you can play by number, you know? And then, um, and then there was like the, you know how like there's pictures on the cards. Well, there was like, um, the guy, he was in his pajamas and his pajamas kept unraveling in every picture until he got down to where he had no clothes on in like the one picture, you know, it's like each, each, (laughs) each picture from one through six got worse. And I just remember that, but, um, but it had like, you could exchange, you know, exchange hands with people. And it was just fun. fun. We, we, I don't know if you were allowed to do that stuff at, at lunch, but, um, but we, 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 um, we could play, we had a jukebox when I got to high school and we could play music, you know, at, at lunch. And, and it was party at school. We were playing I don't Dun- know that Dungeons they do and that, Dragons. Like it's at lunch. No, I never like played that. Never recess and stuff. We played Dungeons and Dragons in seventh grade, eighth grade. But not a, that was a board game. Uh, that was a board of. game, right? Sort of. Oh, did you did you try to uh, make it into an, uh, something else? No, I mean it's like oh. a, it's kind of a board game, but it's it's uh, more you just use your imagination and kind of oh. talk, talk back and forth and roll some dice. Oh, okay. Now I never, you never played, played that. that. What? Yeah. No. You never no. watched Blazes of Monsters <laughs> with Tom Hanks? No, but I but I know that it was a big. But I know Dungeons and Dragons was a big thing. You, they even have it in I think Stranger Things. Yeah, like when they do you you've seen Stranger Things, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And I think they're they, they're playing that. The kids are all playing that. And I, I think it's a it's a, I think it's another thing. It's a boy thing. It's <laughs> like you know, I don't think girls were into Dungeons and Dragons like guys were. It seemed like a guy guy thing, right up there with Evil Knievel. Maybe so. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. I was playing uh, you know Barbies, you know, so but um. Yeah, so that was fun. That was fun talking about, uh, you know, specific people and specific things. We're going to keep on doing this. We're going to keep on doing that and see what other people think about whatever, you know, we're talking about. Like, if they have something to add to it, you know. Yep. Feel free, you know. So, are we going to want me to give out the code word? Yeah, go ahead. Tell the listeners uh, what the prize is and then give out the code word. Okay, so for this episode of our um, one-shot podcast um, about our specific uh, favorite stuff, we are giving away a Pop Ninja t-shirt. 
and you can win it by the code by um, messaging us the code word. The code word is Jesse's girl or code words is Jesse's girl. Send us a message and you will be entered into win one of our pop ninja t-shirts. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us again and look for another new podcast next Wednesday and uh, make sure to check out our Facebook page which is Pop Ninja, and our website, which is popninja.net, and tell all your friends about us, too. You got anything else to say, Lisa? No, but I'm cool. Okay. Well, as we end this episode, I want to leave you with this final thought. In space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs>